0: With me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my one.
1: Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman who is mad.
0: Hi, welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I'm your guide Kinsey.
1: I'm your guide Donna. I'm your guide Adrian.
0: And this week, we watched the new film on Amazon Prime, The Manor. So did you, uh, I guess, let's go around. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Since we all had not seen it before. <laughs> yeah, uh, since, yeah, it came out Friday, right? Yeah, Friday. Um, No, I didn't really like it. I had, I had several issues with it. Though, with the benefit of having slept on it a little bit, there was some things in the writing I kind of liked, but, and, and the ending surprised me. So I, I will give them that. I was surprised by the ending, but in general, no, I didn't,
1: I didn't really love this. I wouldn't say that I liked it, but I'm also not mad about it. Like it was fine. Yeah. It was fine. And like, I think that this movie was full of really, really good actors and a really mediocre script
0: yeah i'm I'm like you adrian i I didn't like it, but I'm not mad at it like it was it was fine for what it was, you know, I know what it was trying to do, I think I don't know, so yeah, it's okay, not my favorite, but yeah, it's okay, all right, well, for those of you who don't know what this is about. Our good, good buddies at IMDb will tell you that this is mean girls set in an old folks home. I mean, you're not wrong, actually. Uh, They're going to disagree with you, but I like your uh, sentence better, which is after suffering a mild stroke, Judith Albright reluctantly moves into a historic nursing home where she becomes convinced a supernatural force is killing the residents. Okay. Okay. All joking aside, she did fucking not have a stroke. She had Parkinson's. She fell down. Okay.
1: Oh, no, I don't think she had Parkinson's. Because later in the movie, they she finds the files. And she says that that's the same diagnosis that a lot of the people there were given.
0: Uh, well, see, this may go down to some issues with the writing. I think she did. Well, okay. Okay. Um, I think she was supposed to actually have Parkinson's. But they started saying she had Parkinson's dementia and that was the same diagnosis that the other people had. But I think she was supposed to have Parkinson's, which I don't think makes sense because Parkinson's usually sets in a little younger than that. I'm not an expert in human diseases, by
1: the way, because I'm a veterinarian. But um, I think at 70, she would have more pronounced symptoms. Well, that's why I think she doesn't really have it. I think that she did have a stroke because that happens away from the manor that happens at home with her family. So she was presumably taken to her doctor or the hospital or something where that's where they would diagnose the stroke. And then she's like, okay, well, I don't want to be such a bummer. Like, I don't want to be a drag on my family. So I'm going to go to this, I'm, I'm going to check into a home at which point she is then under the care of their doctors who are giving her the diagnosis that they've given to everybody else that they want to eat. As a not doctor, I say that, but I figure the stroke is the only diagnosis that we can actually count on because it's the only one that was given before she got there.
0: She did not show any symptoms of a stroke, um, so um, I don't know. I don't know, man. I had, I had, I had issues with this movie. I had a lot of issues with. It. But we're not even past the. Uh, we're not even past the IMDb summary. So let's let's move on all right all right donnie you've got the actual summary and not what the yeah our our buddies at imdb have decided is about so we are um yeah so we're we're trying to get back to doing an actual summary so my summary is uh kind of colored by my attitude as i was watching it and um so you're going to see some speculation in here and some snark as we're going along. Um, Not snark. <gasps> I know. <laughs> um, and also, you're going to see right off the bat that I, there's some disagreement here. So um, so Judith is 70 and has Parkinson's. So um, she collapses and gives up and decides to go right into a full on nursing home instead of into a much, much more appropriate assisted living style facility. Um, there she meets a variety of creepy caregivers who do not respect her agency and autonomy and, uh, took her cell phone for some bizarre reason, uh, and patients who seem terrified and also thirsty Roland, um, On her second day, she's taken on a walk over the ground where she sees a dead bird, a hole cut in the fence, the tree, and a mostly burned picture of a young woman. And here's my speculation, who I bet is going to be revealed to be Annette. So that was wrong. Um, Then she meets the three cool people. Uh, There is Trish, Ruth, and Roland, who typically I wouldn't, go to describing them by race, but it does become important a little while later. We've got uh, the cool white chick. We've got the white dude, Roland, and we've got the cool black chick, uh, Ruth. Uh, Then the uh, popular old people sit around and make fun of all the less popular old people, uh, which is then in hindsight, the writing that I actually kind of like because um, it made me instantly not like them.
1: It made me like her a little less, too, mm-hmm. because I'd really I'd really enjoyed her. And then when she sort of like let them be mean like that and even like smiled and encouraged a little, I was like, well, fuck, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed you. And now I
0: like you less. Yeah. Um, but that's when we learned that Judith had been a professional dancer um, and um i think we were supposed to think that her disease had taken that away from her but she was 70 and professional dancers don't typically uh be professional dancers into their 70s so we learned that uh and i got a little bit confused in the genealogy i thought that her son had died and her grandson um uh, that her grandson's mother was her daughter-in-law but in fact her grandson's mother was her daughter and that the son-in-law had died. But she became very close to her grandson. We learn that her her roommate is just terrified. Her roommate is very frightened. And on her second night there, the roommate is restrained. Judith does protest that tr- treatment. Uh, the nurse tries to sedate Judith, but Judith refuses the sedation. Uh, that night, Judith dreams of the tree and when she wakes up, she sees a scary figure standing over the roommate, but nobody else sees it. The next night, the same thing happens. She tries to go for help um, and bad nurse. There's a good nurse and bad nurse. Nurse, um, Bad nurse threatens and forces her back to bed. Uh, the next day, she challenges um, another caretaker, but the cool elders uh, caution her against making a scene. The next day, she tries to go for a walk, but learns that she can't leave the building. Uh, This is where I have a real, real complaint, because she checked herself in. She admitted herself. At this point, she could have said, yeah, this place isn't for me. I think think I'm going to go. But they wouldn't let her go. Uh, Roland then makes an inappropriate advance on her. I will give Roland credit, because when she said no, he was like, my bad and left. So good on Roland. That night she wakes up again, the tree guy is on her ceiling, and that was actually that was actually a nice little scare, I'll give it that. But she finds out that her door is locked, because bad nurse. And at this point, I became convinced that the uh, monster in this movie is actually old age, slash the way we treat our elders. Now, at about this point, we start seeing... Uh, A person in authority, using the power of his authority to take away Judith's agency and make the people who can help her doubt her uh, sanity. Roland is starting to become a problem. However, Josh, the good boy, gave her the code to the front door. And now we learn Ozzie, the cat, has the power to predict death. The roommate dies. However, before dying, the roommate warns Judith that she's been marked and she needs to find, air quotes, it. Judith finds a small bag. Uh, She tries to run away. Uh, She she now sees a trio of young people who is a cool young black chick, a cool young white chick, and a cool young white dude. Uh, She, however, is found walking on the side of the road by her daughter and Josh. She asks for help. But, of course, the uh, doctor has taken her agency from her and uh, she has returned to the facility. But for some reason, she still has run to the place and is able to find evidence of what is going on, including the fact that apparently now she is a neurologist and can read brain scans. She asks Josh for help, um, but he has been convinced by the doctor that she is crazy and shouldn't be listened to. Good nurse tells Judith that she believes her and will help her in the morning, but leaves her restrained in the bed. The tree man shows up, but in the morning, good nurse is gone. Uh, Bad nurse is there. Uh, Judith is without hope. Somewhere along the lines, Joss realizes that uh, argument from authority can't have a bad motive. He goes to help Judith. He sees that in 1986, the cool old people still looked exactly the same. He manages to stop Judith from trying to kill herself. They go search Roland's room. Judith cleverly replaces a piece of her hair with a piece of Roland's hair. They go and find the old people performing a ceremony around the tree. Roland throws the hair into the fire. Josh tries to stop the ceremony. The tree man shows up and kills Roland. And then... The cool, the remaining cool old people invite Judith to join them and shocker, Judith agrees. And in the end, we see young Judith dancing.
1: So my biggest issue with this movie, and I mentioned this before, is that the script seems just really mediocre. Like most of this dialogue just feels like exposition. People saying lines that no human being has ever said to another person. I feel like, everybody knows how old she is because we opened up on a, on a birthday party. So I don't really understand why she needs to keep saying things like I'm 70. Like if, if somebody asked me how old my grandmother was, I would be completely unable to answer without doing the math because I know the year she was born, but the number of times my grandmother has said, well, as you know, I'm whatever 2021 minus 1935 is. Um, is zero. It's zero. She's never said that to me. <laughs> See,
0: in contrast, I think my dad says his age on a
1: daily basis. Okay, but he complains about everything, so. I mean, it's true. Although maybe that's the thing. Maybe I'm giving Judith too much um, leeway here because I thought she was cool. And so I didn't think of her as a complainer. But now looking back on the movie, I'm like, actually, maybe I was wrong maybe I just thought she was cool because she's beautiful and she's actually kind of a complainer. Like she has one stroke and then she's like, Oh, I guess I better check myself into a home for my family. And then she like, I guess, signed the contract without reading any of it.
0: And this also may be because you and I had a different interpretation of what's going on with Judith, because to me, Judith has given the fuck up. I think she did have Parkinson's. But if she has Parkinson's, she is doing fantastic. She is doing great. She is in really great shape for a person with Parkinson's. I mean, look at Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox is what, 60-ish? Yeah. yeah. And, and he is not doing as good as Judith at 70. So she's doing, she's doing fantastic. And she is checking herself into a nursing home. So... Um, from from the way i'm watching the movie where she has parkinsons and is given the fuck up yeah judith is judith has given up judith does not need to be in a nursing home well even if she had a a mild stroke she's given up she is not where she needs to be she needs to be okay i remember when my grandmother was really starting to go downhill i i was doing a lot of research into various forms of Uh, care. And one of the places I read that my grandmother would never in a million years have agreed to was this place that you checked into and they had various levels of care. And one of them, you, you basically, the first level was essentially your own little apartment and it just had a call button and that was it. They left you the hell alone. You had an apartment with a call button. And you fixed all your own meals and you took all your own meds and all you had was a call button. If you had a problem, someone would come. And then if you needed more help, you kind of went to the next level where someone would come check on you a couple of times a day. And then the next level, they would go ahead and, you know, bring you your meds and bring you your meals and you just kind of progressed through the levels until yeah it was a full-on nursing home that's what judith needed that right there is what judith needed whether she had parkinson's as i interpreted it to be and if she had parkinson's that's exactly what she needed or she had a mild stroke where maybe she just needed someone to check on her every now and then either way she did not need a full-on nursing home judith read to me And this is to me either, depending on if you read Parkinson's or stroke with what she had on. Judith read to me as someone extremely unhappy that she aged, that she, that time caught up with her, that she was a little bit vain because she was a dancer and she just decided, well, I can't be as good as I am, as I was. So I don't want to do, I don't want to teach. I don't want to do any of it. She came off as, that's how she came off to me. And I do agree with the giving up that whatever diagnosis she had, that she was just like, no, fine. This is this is where I'm going to be. Uh, No, it's fine. I'm just here I am. That was how I read Judith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the fact that she brought a bottle of pills with her and had it stashed out of sight, she was ready to exit.
1: I kind of love that scene because she's got all these pills and she pours them into her hand and then Josh shows up and like she jumps and she drops them all. And he's sitting down and he's talking to her about the discovery that he made. And she's just casually (laughs) picking up these pills (laughs) and putting them back in the bottle. And like, nobody says anything about it. And so I was just like, She's literally there about to kill herself and now she's just like "Pardon me while I casually put my suicide meds back in the bottle. Don't mind me." <laughs> <laughs> and nobody nobody says anything about it. Josh never notices. She doesn't acknowledge it. We just go on with the movie. Yeah. Yeah. You're
0: right though. She was she was pretty vain about about her appearance. She was. She was she was very concerned about her missing hairbrush
1: mhm well i thought she was concerned about the missing hairbrush because like she just had it yeah
0: yeah i think you are right with the hairbrush because she was she was using it but i think there are other other aspects that she was i mean not that i'm mad at her i'm going to say i before i say this but like her appearance of she made sure not to look like her age like josh told her like oh yeah this is a cool band or this is cool like she had a sublime shirt on at one point uh the octopus shirt was really cool stuff like that uh also side note i want to know what board game her and josh were playing uh because that that that, look interesting that looks really fun but i think that kind of ties in with that
1: also side note god she's beautiful
0: she really is
1: if I looked anything like her, I would be vain too, fair,
0: yeah, Barbara Hershey, man, yeah, she yeah, she's beautiful, and that's another reason why with this movie, I gave it a little bit of i think i'm was like eh and not just outright didn't like it, and I think it is a lot because of her because I do enjoy when she's in the horror genre, like it you know it does like raise it a little bit, you know, she's been in the entity, she's been in insidious. Uh, now this. So I, I paid a little bit more mind.
1: She's she's so good. Honestly, I think most of the actors in this movie were pretty top notch. Like even Josh, who hasn't been in much, was just doing the absolute best he could with these trash lines he was given.
0: He he didn't have a lot to work with.
1: Yeah, he was likable. I Like I really enjoyed him as a grandson. Like I could see the connection between the two of them. You know, at the end when he has just this garbage "don't leave me alone, Grandma" line, I was like, "Nah, you did, you did what you could there. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. that is that could not have been delivered better." It's true.
0: He he was working with the
1: best that he could. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how I feel about most of this movie. It's just like, man, they you know the sets were gorgeous. It all felt very heavy and atmospheric and gothic and. The acting was so good, and I feel like this could have been a really... The the creature design was great.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I feel like this could have been a very deeply affecting movie Mm -hmm. if, like... In seasoned hands? Yeah. Who wrote this?
0: She's done stuff in the genre. She's pretty... uh,
1: I feel like I'm just shit-talking her, and I feel bad, but, like...
0: Axel Caroline? Because she wrote and directed it. But she's done other
1: stuff in the genre. Okay, so she wrote The Manor. She wrote an episode of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. She wrote Grim, Grinning Ghosts and Tales of Halloween.
0: Which Tales from Halloween, actually, that whole thing, that whole anthology is really fun and solid. Like I was pleasantly surprised by it.
1: She also wrote Soulmate and then three shorts The Halloween Kid, Hooked, and The Last Post. So. I don't know. Maybe this isn't a matter of her being a bad writer. Maybe it's like, did they rush her? Cause it feels like what's happening here is there's just not been a lot of care given to the dialogue. Like it was just like, this is what's happening and I need people to know that there's no trust in the audience.
0: Yeah. The movie was one hour and 21 minutes, which is not a lot. No. And like I mentioned, man, I disliked Roland on sight. And Trish and Ruth with that whole mean girls thing was a nice touch because it gave me a very high school feel like at the same time, you want to be part of that group and you dislike them, that that kind of feel. But also, you know, when you are raising animals for food you, you need to distance yourself from them. That's, that's a thing that needs to happen. You need to distance yourself from them for your own emotional health. So the fact that they are separating themselves from the other people there and they're making fun of them, that makes a hell of a lot of sense that they would do that. So, so we know Roland's garbage anyway. And I'm sorry, I've never trusted that actor bruce davidson and anything i see him in so once i saw that he was rolling i didn't trust him but do you think she wasn't on the menu for the tree until she pushed him away oh i hate that wow because she was at the table with them they were all joking and laughing then you have that scene and that's when it seems like that's when things change
1: No, I think she was because, again, when she found her diagnosis, when she found her file and she found the Parkinson's dementia diagnosis, she found it in other people's files, too, with the exact same brain scan.
0: But she found it later. I'm talking about.
1: She found it later, but she was already having the effects of it. So I think I think they marked her like I think when she got there, they decided that she was going to be one of the foods. Um, I mean, he took her hair. Well, I guess he took the hair after she turned him down, but she was already having the vision. She was already seeing the um, the creature. Um, So I think that probably she was on the menu already. I think that maybe if she had taken him up on that offer, that maybe he would have taken her off the menu.
0: It's still gross, though.
1: It's still gross.
0: It's still super gross.
1: Well actually I didn't have a problem with that interaction at all. I thought that that interaction was actually um pretty good if completely unnecessary to the movie overall it seems. But like you know he shot his shot, she said no and then he was like, "Oh, my bad.
0: Well, let me let me rephrase my my grossness." The intera- I do agree with you guys. The interaction was fine. Like, you know, he, you know, once she said no, he was respectful. I'm more just I guess The possibility if she had said yes and then being taken off the menu. That's when I say gross. That's what I'm talking about. Not uh, the initial interaction. The end of the interaction was good. The fact that when she said no, he was like, my bad, I'm out. The beginning of the interaction was not good. The fact that he basically ambushed her in her bed, not good. If if he knocked on her door and said, may I come in? That would have been cool. But the fact that he just basically popped up in her bed and grabbed her, not okay. So, but yes, I give him 100% A plus points for being, okay, I'm out when she said no. For sure. Good, good Roland. That's the only A plus you get. (laughs) That's it. But uh, I give him, I give him points for leaving when she said no. This is not about Roland, but we, during your summary, it reminded me, I'm kind of over the cat trope of, oh, they know when they're going to die. I'm kind of over that. Have we talked about that at all on this? I don't think we've talked about it on this, but it just like seeing it reminded me of it. Like, oh, yeah, that's kind of a thing. Like, I would like to talk about that just a little bit because I have researched that just a little bit about why that might happen. So, One, there was a specific cat that that's based on. There was a specific nursing home with a specific cat that that's based on. And people did some research onto what it's based on. Uh, One person advanced the idea that the cat may have just wanted to be petted because people who are about to die are generally getting a lot more attention. Like a lot more nurses and a lot more doctors and a lot more orderlies are going in and out of that room. A lot more family members going in and out of that room. But the idea that makes the most sense to me is that that person is probably just being a lot more still. Okay. 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 And that the cat is like, this is a bed that I can lay down in, and no one's going to kick me when they try to roll over. Um, and so that that's probably what's going on with that is that the cat will end up laying in that bed the most and the longest, because that's the person that's not fidgeting.
1: When my kid is sick, the cats, all of the animals tend to cuddle with her a lot more. And I've always assumed it's because she's being more still than she usually is. Cause usually she's just like, she sleeps like a breakdancing starfish. But then also she's warmer than she usually is because, you know, she's got a fever or whatever. So she's still and she's a heating pad now. Yes.
0: Yeah, probably. And then there's some other weirder, um, uh, more outlandish theories about different scents that don't really follow because... In a medical facility, there's a lot of very strong and very off putting odors like alcohol and cleaning solutions and medicines. So I don't really think the cat is picking up the subtle odor of cancer cells over the alcohol, but whatever. So
1: I have a question. So I have read that a cat's purr can help with the healing process.
0: Um, I, I, I think what it actually is, is the vibrational frequency of the cat's purr is very soothing. So you kind of got to go through two or three hops, skips, and jumps. So the cat's purr is a very soothing frequency. And because of that, the cat's purr reduces stress and stress hormones actually slow down healing. And so when the cat's purr reduces stress... The cat's purr reduces stress hormones, and therefore there are fewer stress hormones to reduce, to slow down healing, and therefore the cat's purr promotes healing. So it's not a direct, a direct effect. Cats purr promotes healing so much as the cat's purr reduces things that slow down healing.
1: Okay. I just wish that people would pet that fucking cat. That cat shows up and the people are like, oh, no. And I'm like, it doesn't matter if that cat is a harbinger. The cat's not doing it. Just pet the fucking cat. Mm
0: -hmm. A cat just wants love. Just pet the cat. Just give the cat pets.
1: That's all. If I'm going to die and a cat comes to me, I will pet that cat. I will pet that cat for longer than that cat wants to be petted.
0: That actually should have been our rule was pet the cat. (laughs) (laughs) It it could be an auxiliary rule. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same way. Like it, when it comes to cats, it's like, do you have a cat? Then yes, I'm going to pet your cat. Are you a cat? Mm-hmm. I would like to pet the cat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Don't care what kind of cat you are. There's a, there's a cat at my vet. Not, well, not my vet. I don't need a vet, but my <laughs> the, the vet for my animals. And it, she's a, she's a persnickety cat that likes to be pet until she's done. And then she'll fucking bite you. But she also really enjoys sitting right where you have to go to like pay and check out (laughs) and she's very big cat so she just takes up the entire little counter space and um and i don't think she loves it but so i set my wallet on her and i pet her the whole time and she scratched me one time and the the poor receptionist was like oh my god i'm so sorry i was like no it's fine i like i know i knew she was going to do it i could see in her eyes that she no longer wanted to be petted and i didn't care
0: I'm the same way. Like if I get bit or scratched by a cat, I've earned that because yeah. I've, I've done something like, you know what? I, I know that's like, nope, nope. We're good. All right. I'll stop.
1: I understand. I saw your boundaries. I I trampled on them. Yeah. I'm not mad. It it was worth it. Yeah. You're very soft.
0: You're very soft. And you showed me your belly and I can't help it. That is, yeah. this, this is, sorry. I am very sorry.
1: You set the trap. I walked into it. Mm-hmm. We're fine
0: this is the exchange
1: <laughs> so yeah pet the cat
0: yeah so donna i know you haven't seen this movie but uh, adrian i'm wondering if you've seen this movie i think it was like from 1990 called the guardian about the nanny Uh uh-uh. that was a tree creature
1: i have not i i i think i might be really into tree creatures though so like maybe i should
0: this film feels like the cousin to that movie just because of the tree creature and to do with people where with the guardian it's to do with youth and there's a baby involved where this one is the elderly. So yeah, it came out like 1990 and I guess based on a book or something, but yeah, there's, there's, there's tree creatures involved. And this film also felt like if it had been a, like a Tales from the Crypt type episode, I think that would have been better.
1: Yes, this did actually have a very Tales from the Crypt feel to it. I think partially because Tales from the Crypt is so short that there's not a lot of time to show us what's happening. They just have to tell us that these are the things that have happened. And that feels like the biggest problem with this movie is that like you've got this beautiful set and these great actors and you're not actually showing us any of the things happening.
0: And that's the thing with her. She's directed a couple episodes of Haunting a Bly Manor. She did a Creepshow episode. She's done American Horror Story episodes. So she has that anthology anthology television horror experience. She's very talented in that. But I think if they would have done this story for this upcoming season of Creepshow, I think it would have worked a lot better.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think that you could probably get enough out of this to make a movie, but I don't think that they did. I
0: agree. I like I like that idea of this as part of an anthology. I think I think this would have worked much better as part of part of an anthology. Maybe an anthology about yes about about tree creatures or eco horror or witchcraft. Yeah, it's got a lot of, like, really interesting boxes that it's in. And you named you named them, Donna. Like, there's, you know, like, do you want to go the witchcraft angle? Do you want to go eco-horror? I mean, yeah. And sprinkle both of them social commentary horror? Yes. Could have been good.
1: Well, in a way, I guess it is kind of part of an anthology. It is part of the, it's the eighth installment in the Welcome to Blumhouse Film series, so it is in a way kind of part of an anthology.
0: All right, that makes me wonder then if they shouldn't have tightened them all up and done two films. You know what I mean? Like just like because I haven't watched any of the other ones. I know there's like Bingo Hell, there's Madres, and there's something else in this this latest round that was dropped. But yeah, I'm I'm curious if if they had made them shorter and tighter and done one film, how that would would work
1: yeah i think uh i think that that probably would have been better (laughs) honestly because it it just seems like now they've got too much length with not enough story and again i really want to like like i I really do feel like they the stories here you could have it but there needed to be more massaging of the script in order to make this work
0: massaging tightening up some places just i mean i I would say a polish just a polish yeah so i have a question so you are the younger partner in this thing are you also getting the benefit of it like is josh gonna get old
1: i was really unclear about that like what exactly does josh get out of this yeah um and i'm really not certain at all
0: and i don't know if josh is certain either if you go by his kind of expression at the end of the film like when Uh he's like yeah josh is working here too like i don't know he looked really uncertain by it and Mm -hmm. it also looked like they had they were either partying with younger kids or they had put more people into their little cool kids club Mm -hmm. because that was more than just the three of them around that fire like that was also vague
1: Mm -hmm. yeah um i feel like there was a lot of effort a lot of dialogue spent on things that i didn't need to know and not enough spent on what's actually (laughs) happening in this movie
0: (laughs) like they could have easily added when the two women are trying to recruit judith at the end they could have easily said you know yes you do need someone younger to help you and in return they're going to get this like they're going to age slower like or something just I mean I we talked about it on a couple episodes ago it's like one sentence man one sentence would have just adding it in there would have solved that mm-hmm. I don't know man I just I just need clarity if you're making a deal with me I just need some clarity just tell me what's going on same um, two random things that have no bearing on what we've have been discussing, but things that I noticed and that I liked in this film. One, her first night in the manor, as she's going to sleep, she's watching John Carpenter's Body Bags, which is so gonzo and just it, it took me back, and I loved it, <laughs> and it made me so happy. And two, at the end, at her birthday party, fucking Mick Garris is there, and I. I just like seeing Mick Garris. It made me happy. I don't know what he's doing there, and I don't care.
1: Why would they not just put 71 on her birthday cake to appease the mom who doesn't fucking know? That's a good question. Yeah. Like, I I guess maybe one of the problems that I have with this movie is that I'm not really sure what the tone is supposed to be.
0: Yes, it would have made a lot more sense to put the 71 candle on her cake so that mom doesn't sit there going, Didn't we do her 70th birthday 17 times already? Unless the doctors, and I'm doing air quotes here, have told her to put the 70 on the cake to, it's part of her Parkinson's dementia, that she doesn't know that it's, it will. uh, They're just trying to appease her. They're trying to appease her.
1: But they would have said that to the mom. And the mom turned to Josh and said, isn't this the wrong birthday? I can't remember if she said, didn't we already do this one? Or isn't that the wrong birthday? Mm -hmm. But like, if they're doing something to appease her Parkinson's dementia one, they already told the mom at the beginning of the movie that her delusions could not under any circumstances be reinforced, reinforced, Um, which is also by the way, like pro tip bullshit and not what people are saying now. Like, if you know somebody who's having age-induced dementia, they're usually like, eh, just go with it because you're just going to upset them. You're going to make the whole situation bad for everybody.
0: Make them comfortable.
1: Yeah. So if they were doing it like for her delusions, um, they they didn't inform mom of that. And also Josh's reaction was weird because he was kind of like, eh.
0: Yeah, see, that's why I said Josh, I don't know now how he feels about her taking the deal. He just seemed real like, oh, what have I done? You know what I mean? Like he just, there was.
1: I, I feel like maybe that was just the actor, Nicholas Alexander being like, what movie is this? <laughs> what, the,
0: what the hell am I doing? Did I, am, I, am I getting paid for this? Am I getting paid enough for this?
1: I think I'm think i think I've, I'm, I'm very confused.
0: <laughs> am I going to get my SAG card for this? Is this what's going to get me?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't it even is- know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, the movie was fine, but it doesn't stand up to any amount of like thinking. No. It really does feel like such a bummer because I feel like it's I love the fact that this is a horror movie that is not centered on like teenagers yes. or even like just adults. Like this is a movie like like uh about old like old people having adventures and that's cool. And I really enjoy it. Um, I wish that they had found that they had more likable old people. Because even though I think I really like Barbara Hershey, I don't like Judith. Mm -hmm. So, like, really, in my opinion, the only likable character in this entire movie is Josh. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And the cat. And the cat. Josh and the cat. So I would like to see another movie where Josh and the cat are like, fuck this shit. And go off (laughs) to have their own adventures. This is bullshit. Let's go. Yeah.
0: Well, do we have anything else before we're jumping into rule, poll, and quote with this? A nice, a nice job with diversity, but that's Bloomhouse. Bloomhouse always seems to do a nice job with diversity. Yeah, and Bloomhouse is because of the casual diversity that they do, and that they do take chances. That it's never. It's never cookie cutter. You know what I mean? It's not like all slasher. Like, because of that, I do really genuinely give them a chance. And I am pretty, pretty open to see what they're going to do. And sometimes it's a hit with me. Sometimes it's a miss and that's okay. But I like that they take chances and I want them to keep doing what they're doing.
1: Yeah. Just, I don't know, man, work on your scripts a little bit. Give them a polish. All right. Well,
0: I have our quote. Which is, fighting nature always comes at a cost.
1: It's a fair assessment. Yeah. Yes.
0: Donna, you have our rule. And that rule is that we should treat our elders with respect. Now, we had some discussion on this, and we almost went with we should age gracefully, um, but I'll tell you why I think we went with this one, because if we treated our elders with more respect, then I think we would be more likely to be willing to age gracefully. Uh, I think one of the things that bothered me most was when they took her cell phone from her. I just that just
1: really bugged me. I wonder suddenly what what was she sold? Like, why did she pick this place? That's a yeah. thing that the movie could have shown us. That would have been a good thing to show us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you could even skip the whole birthday party sequence at the beginning and just jump into them shopping for this for for this home, mm-hmm. um, because I would like to know because then I would know this is weird. Yeah. Like, let, let us see this big picturesque manor and these beautiful grounds and have them talk to her about, you know in the fall, you can see the trees do this. And here's our reading nook. And here's where you can have breakfast on the lawn or whatever. And so then whenever she's like, I would like to go outside and they're like, aha, no, then we can be like, oh, but wait, she was literally sold that. Uh huh. And then like, also, you know, with the whole cell phone thing, like a lot of this seems like stuff that Should have been talked about at some point. Also, if they show us, if they show her shopping for the, the place to stay, we would also get more opportunities to see the effects of the stroke that she had, to see what her mental state actually is before she's even there. So that when she starts to see these, these visions, we, we as the viewers can be like, Oh, wait, that's not what she was like. Yeah. Or, or we as viewers can see, oh no, it's still affecting her.
0: Right. Turn her into a, an unreliable character. Yeah.
1: Like, imagine if she was more like Eleanor from The Haunting. Yes. And then we get to the end of the movie and we don't even know did she fucking make a deal with anything? Or is Josh just trying to like enjoy his last days with his grandmother?
0: Right. How much is real? How much is in her head?
1: And then, and then you do actually get old J old age as the monster of this movie too. All right. This is a better movie. <laughs> and I think that, that like, I think that the reason that possibly this didn't happen is because it, that would make it a really uncomfortable movie. Like you can't fight against that. Then it just becomes a movie that is literally about like mortality and entropy of the brain and that's unsettling and scary, which I'm like, fuck, yeah, that's what we should be making horror movies about. But I also think that probably a lot of people don't want to for, you know, a reasonable reason.
0: Agreed. All right. And Adrian, you had our poll.
1: Would you do it? Would you take the deal?
0: Um, That depends. If I were Judith, where her priorities were her relationship with Josh and her fear of the degenerative disease that was going to take her life from her. Um, probably if I were me, um, man, those people were so scared. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't think I could. I don't think I could. I think I would have, I would burn the tree down. Yeah. I don't think I would either. I, I, you know, I'm going how I am right now. And I'm like, no. Like, I can't see, I'm not vain, and I don't, I mean, other things I want more of, but I don't think it would be that, so I wouldn't have taken the deal, but I also, I I wouldn't have stayed there, because I couldn't watch that, because who's to say they're not going to get pissed at me, and decide I'm next on the menu, so, yeah, I would uh, ask to be uh, put in a different home, and yeah, no, I wouldn't have taken the deal. I would. Nice.
1: i would i would totally take the deal i would definitely see if we could like cut down on the visions like let them die happy um petting a cat that cat preferably um but uh fuck yeah dude i want to live forever yeah sign me up
0: (laughs) i do like the idea of coming in and updating the the process of let's not have visions let's not have them terrified let's you know
1: yeah i mean it's if if we if we can like if, if if we can't if the terror has to be a part of it then um it gets a little bit foggier but i don't i i still feel like uh i would probably say yes in this moment like they're people are gonna die anyway they're already sad <laughs> At the very least, I would probably try to open up the the home a little bit more and see who really is sad. Like who's really sad and just done. We'll target them. That's fine. We don't need to target everybody. Just the ones who are are actually done. But yeah, as much as I would like to like take a moral high ground here and be like, yeah, I'd burn down the fucking tree or something. I don't think I would. I uh, don't have that much faith in, in my desire to not live forever and see what happens next.
0: All right. So we are doing a thing where each week we talk about what makes us happy, what's making us happy. Uh, this week, it's roller skating. I go roller skating every Tuesday, and I love it. Like, you know, you get to request songs, and it's they're, uh, It's for people, you know, 18 and older, so it's not just – I'm not getting
1: – You're not running over children?
0: I'm not running over children. Actually, no, more like I'm getting run over by children. It's not like that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I – a friend of mine, she described it, because she, she she also comes with me, she described it as you're having to focus on that one thing, which is skating and not falling, and you're not thinking about whatever is going on, and that is your focus, that is your concentration, and yeah, that's what's making me happy is roller skating. I'm not good at it, I want y'all to know, but I'm
1: <laughs> I am enjoying it, so... That's that's what matters. I think I don't think that people need to be as good at things as they think they do in order to have fun doing them. Do the thing badly, enjoy yourself, man.
0: I would like to be good enough at it that I don't break a hip. Yeah. They have skate assists which are fantastic and I used them for almost a month when I started doing this and then I've weaned myself off of it. So you can have help as well. Is that the skate walker? Yes. And then there's some fantastic people to actually watch roller skate that have never forgotten how to roller skate. I also love watching them. Uh, I have names for all of them. Uh, my favorite is Marshmallow, which is a combination of Marshmallow and Jimmy Jr. from Bob's Burgers. She's fantastic on roller skates. I am intrigued.
1: The last I haven't been skating in a very long time, and the thing that always comes to my mind whenever I try to go roller skating. Is how when I was in sixth grade, I tripped over somebody and sprained my wrist really bad. And I just feel like maybe I'm too much of a klutz for roller skating because I also hurt them. <laughs> like this is a this is a multi-car pile up here. It was not good.
0: All right. Who wants to go next? What are what's making you happy this week?
1: Uh October makes me happy. Um, I love that the weather's cooling down and you can feel the wind actually like being chilly and in the mornings, I have to wear a hoodie sometimes, and that makes me super happy. And last night, I woke up because I was too cold in my bed, because I'd gotten so used to sleeping without the blanket and only the sheet. And I love the cooler weather. Um, also, we are about to go on a very sudden trip to Colorado, because we did not realize that my, that our kid is out of school this week, but she is out of school this week. So uh we got a cabin up in the woods somewhere and uh, and we're going to go up there and it's supposed to snow maybe. So we're excited for that. I just like autumn really big fan of fall a plus season best
0: is wonderful. I agree. Um, I am absolutely 100% going to cheat and do two, but the first one is very short and Billy, you're going to want to check your sound levels. I apologize. Uh, The first one is 55 to 48 boomer sooner texas sucks
1: that's for you britain i assume
0: (laughs) oh that's for everybody but i am sorry britain i know that probably was very painful especially that last seven minutes and
1: we do love you britain can't see that
0: i i know i made a little heart (laughs)
1: for you britain
0: because we we do love you he felt it i know you are listening to us because you love us too No, but my my real one is this little company that I found on Kickstarter. I supported their 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 little project called uh, Sweet Ass Affirmation Cards. And uh, I downloaded their uh, second set of Sweet Ass Affirmation Cards. Here is a thing that I I have a problem with affirmations because I don't believe them. So, but their affirmations are, um, they're they're just kind of hippies and their affirmations are things that I can, like, here's one, fold your insecurities, regrets, and worries into paper planes and turn them into flying fucks. (laughs) (laughs) So I just, I just love them. The name of this company is Rage Create. And you can find them on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And I am shilling for them. Wait, Can you shill if you're not getting paid? I don't think you can shill if you're not being paid. So I'm giving them a free advertisement because I am become their number one fangirl. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, here's another one. Today, I will create some dope-ass shit. So today, I am recording my podcast. So I have created some dope-ass shit. I'm gonna, I'm going to do one more. Don't tell me the sky is the limit when there are footprints on the moon. Okay, there. So Rage Create makes me happy. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. We do appreciate your support. Uh, as always, thank you to our editor Billy, who makes us sound fantastic. We do appreciate you greatly. We uh, are on social media. We're beyondthecabininthewoods.com. We have an Instagram, which is beyondcabin. Our Twitter is at beyondcabin. Our Facebook page. You can find us beyond the cabin in the woods. I am on Instagram and Twitter as at Callista seventy seven you can find me on twitter and instagram at dragon goblin with no i in goblin
1: i am junkyard poet on twitter
0: all right we will see you next week and don't read the lot you know what horror is
1: Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.